Welcome back to the Sudesh Podcast. Chapter 4 now begins describing how Pai Gurdas gave a brief account of the king of mantras, Mantraraj being Waheguru. He did as best as he could that mantra which gives the understanding of one's own true form, one's true self, which takes one across the ocean life existence of life. Pai Gurdas then continues on responding to their three objections, their three questions, three doubts. The first was related to Vaheguru, the second was related to Gurbani, the writings of the Gurus, and the third was about Amrsar Srovar. Pai Gurdas then says, now listen to the second answer, related to the exalted Granth and Gurbani, which is the treasure trove of countless virtues. It's just heaps and heaps of jewels and diamonds. The exalted Guru had taken the Avtara, the incarnation, in this world. They are the true form, the bodily form of the divine Geshev, the divine master with long hair. So side note, this is an epithet. This is a nickname usually reserved for Krishna. The divine has seen that in this age of Kaljog, people live short lives. In such lives, the practice of yoga, charitable feasts, recitation, these practices will not work anymore. But just like before, how the divine took form to establish Dharam, righteousness, in the same way they have now taken form in this world. Such a graceful act to adorn a body as a guru. In the same manner in which the world gets liberation via an avtara, an incarnation of the divine, in the same way the divine has come down now again. No other sadhana, no other type of practice works. You scholars have kept Sanskrit so secret, not teaching the lower castes. You spent your life reading and reading Sanskrit. Your whole life goes by. When does your contemplation merge with what you are contemplating? When has your contemplation merged with the divine? The Guru Master has been so benevolent to us, reciting such an easy to understand beautiful verses, showing how the name of things and the name, meaning the identifier and the item, how they're both united. He showed us unity in this world, which is revealed while singing the Shabads. And one's consciousness then becomes united. Within the world, what is true, eternal, is merged in with the temporal, the illusionary. And within Gurbani, it reveals what is true and what is illusionary. It provides this ability to discern between what is Sat, eternal, the self, the Atma, and the illusionary, the temporal, the transient, the world. Such a deeply hidden truth gets revealed through Gurbani. And those engaging with the Gurbani understand then this difference. They are able to appreciate the self through this tradition, this practice of reciting the divine name. The divine name itself is beyond form. Like the master, the divine is also beyond form. And when one's state of mind turns towards the divine name, then one's mind heads towards the direction of immortality, of eternal consciousness. Through the great power of the Guru, this easily gets revealed through the divine name. And such a person becomes immortal. In the Vedas, the three chapters, the three topics of instruction are so difficult to follow. Ritual action, Karam, devotional worship, Upasana, and wisdom, Gyan. The ways in which these have been practiced were so difficult. And in this dark age of Kaljug, it does not destroy, it does not take away the doubt, the illusionary perception that we have in this world that we are separate from the divine. 
the fruit when studying the Shastras, the Sanskrit scriptures, and the Vedas. They are only fruitful when one understands their meaning and contemplates on them. But just by looking at the Guru Granth Sahib, one quickly obtains all the four padarat, dharam, righteousness, kaam, desire, art, meaning, and moksha, liberation. Bhai Gurdas continues to say, if one every day with great excitement and enthusiasm in their heart obtains the divine sight, the darshan of Guru Granth Sahib, all of their sins from their previous births in an instant are removed by Hari, the divine. The listening to the Guru Granth Sahib is equivalent to countless charitable feasts and charitable offerings. O Brahmins, by bowing down to the Guru Granth Sahib, a blast of light emerges which grants liberation. Those wise ones who, with great respect, even just slightly in taking care of Guru Granth Sahib, have all their birth and life cycle cut away. They are liberated. All their pains and sins are removed, like how you think of bathing in the Ganges River works. Brahma and the other devtas, the gods, they all recite the great praise of Gurbani. O Brahmins, even Vishnu with his own hands placed down the leaves from the Kalb tree, the mythic wish-bestowing tree. He placed these leaves as sheets on top of Guru Ansa. In the world, all the pilgrimage sites, the ascetics, Indra, Sheshnag, Saraswati, all continually praise Gurbani. Gurbani's words are themselves Amrit, the ambrosial nectar which provides immortality and destroys all sin. It destroys all poverty, pains, illness, greatly. That house, which has a recitation of Guru Granth Sahib within it, there you will find the exalted wisdom, the contemplation of the Guru through such recitation. That place is as heaven itself. O Brahmins, Lakshmi herself goes to that type of house. And all sorts of power, wealth, they all go there. So leave behind all these other types of scripture. They will only denigrate your intellect. Gurbani is the highest of them all, the true essence of the divine that which takes one across this ocean life existence. It destroys all the great sins in the dark age of Galjug in an instant and provides great bliss. And I'm only saying a little bit of its importance here and glory, but the Guru Granth Sahib perfumes everyone with great bliss. Understand the exalted Guru Granth Sahib is the very form of wisdom. The exalted Guru themselves have said that, understand this as my very form, that which will take you across to liberation. Now, in relation to your third question about Amritsar, listen, Brahmins. Listen to the ancient story of Amritsar, the great king of pilgrimage sites. When the Devtas, the Rakesh, the demons, when they churned the ocean and they took out the 14 jewels and distributed them out, there was a struggle, there was a dispute. Everyone thought that they were the highest and they had the choice of the jewels. Mohani of thought had to come and entice and enamor everybody to take all the jewels. And then everyone renouncing their attachment to the jewels, they found happiness. The divine gave out Amrit to everybody there. Such was the play of the divine, he showed. After taking this form, then he had a desire to create a beautiful mandar, a residence. And at that point, there was a rishi, an ancient sage, who clasped his hands together and recited a supplication in front of the divine, saying, please grant me this vessel of Amrit so I can use it as a support for my austerities. So it can give me a power to perform these austerities I wish to perform. The divine then gave him permission. He said that there is one tapobarna, a beautiful forest where it's best to do tapasya, austerities. There's really nothing like this in the world. Go there and do some really determined, some fierce tapasya austerities. Go to this place where it's infused with such powers that 
just by a little bit of austerity, one results in great fruit, great profit. In the region of Punjab, there's such a beautiful ancient spot. Understand it as the king of all pilgrimage spots. So Madhavi Rikhi was his name. He heard this. He bowed down to the lotus-like feet of the divine and said, O treasure trove of grace, no one has spoken about this place or ever seen it before. I don't have the ability to understand where it is, so will you show me where it is? So hearing this, the divine was completely in control of his devotee. He was happy with his question. He gracefully went with his devotee. Meanwhile, Ngarar, Lakshmi, and the rest of the devtas there in heaven were left behind. They were just sitting there. The divine went with Madhvi Yuriki. And when they saw this, they started a commotion, how the great beauty had left the heavens. Not even calling them, they quickly followed in pursuit until they reached Amrasasarovar. There, Vishnu himself established where Hamandar Sahib is currently, and with Lakshmi beautifully adorned, a throne there. Hari, the divine, looked out east and said, O Madhvi Yuriki, O great Brahmachari, celibate, this is where Dokupanjani is the great peace giver, which is the destroyer of the three pains. In between that spot is such a great Tirith, such a great pilgrimage spot. Oh, Madhavi, this was just hidden away, which I had now drawn attention to. I have now manifested it. All the Devtas were there, sitting beside Hari, about the spacing between a bow amongst each other. And within the water around them, the 68 Tirith pilgrimage sites resided there. This is a great power within the Amrasa Srova. So sit here, Madhvi Riki, and perform your austerities. This is my beautiful ancient residence, which was initially hidden, but now I have told you. I have made it apparent. This was the great praise the Divine said from their mouth, that this Tirith is the bringer of the four Padarath. Taram, Artha, Moksha, righteousness, desire, meaning, and liberation. It destroys all the sins of the mind, and any type of bad action in the dark age. Whenever I'm residing in heaven and find myself feeling sad or needing solitude, at that time I come down and reside here. This Thetith, this pilgrimage spot, is my very own form. All the other Thetiths, like the Ganges, are just like water from my feet. This here, Amritsar, is the king of all pilgrimage spots. It's the root from which all the other pilgrimage spots emerge out of. From Amritsar, Everything else was created. If anyone comes down here for a darshan with love, they will spontaneously and easily obtain the four padarat. And those who even have the darshan of those who went to Amritsar, even they will become separate from their body. They will become unattached and come to the heavens and merge with me. So look towards the northeast here, Madhvi. There you will see Shiva. And to the south, Dharmaraja is, is sitting. Varana, Kumir, Indra, the god of all the directions, they're all set up here. Brahma and the rest are here as well, serving with great concentration. They understand my love for this place. And they're all like bees coming here to such a beautiful flower of Haramandra Sahib to serve. The Divine said this and then called all the other Devtas over. They all proceeded with a request to the Divine. They all did the 16 forms of worship or puja and the other pilgrimages themselves, they also came, the 68, taking form and body to serve there. The seven oceans, the Sumer mountain, the sky, the water, air, earth, fire, they all came with great delight. The devtas were there in the air on their air vehicles, dropping down flowers, singing out loudly, Jaja, victory, victory. Sheshnag, the moon, the sun, Varana, Kumer, 
Kartake, Shivasan, was mounted on a peacock, and others too were there, the hidden devtas, which roam in the sky and the heavens and on the earth. They came, and they even manifested their form. The Vedas, the Simritis, they all came adorning forms, bodies, they all stood there in front of the Divine. They all had their hands clasped and said, O Divine, who grants happiness to the devotees, give us permission. And at that point, the compassionate Divine spoke and said, You should all reside here forever. Vishnu's scallop tree, the wish-giving tree, is the Amrita Sarova, the king of all pilgrimage sites. And with great respect, bathe here. Bhai Gurdas is saying, So Ved Vyas spoke of this story, this Katha, that this will happen in the future. And this is how they all accepted the Divine's word, the Devtas, and then they asked Vishnu. The Devtas did, While we are bathing here, is there a mantra, is there a saying that we should recite? At that point, Vishnu, with compassion, said in some delight, O great Brahmins, all listen up. Recite this mantra, by which the king of pilgrimage sites will be fruitful to you. So this is a Sanskrit mantra here. Om Amarto Dabhavaya Amarta Rupaya Tirtha Rajanaya Namo Namaha So this means, Oh, the one who springs up Amrit, the one who is the very form of Amrit, the king of all pilgrimage sites, my salutations to you. So this is the powerful mantra devtas that you should recite while bathing here, to those who have great fortune will obtain this opportunity. So the devas heard this and they started to bathe there. They were all drenched in the praise of this pilgrimage site. The devas like Lakshmi, Brahma, Shivji, all their wives, they all bathed and themselves turned into the very form of Amrit. Madhviriki saw this, he was in shock. He asked the divine, where did they all go? At that point, the Divine explained, they have now merged in with this pilgrimage site. At that point, Madhviriki clasped his hands together and said, please tell us about the future, about this, which Vedvyas wrote about, about what will happen in the future ages. Please tell me. At that point, the Divine, for Madhvi's benefit, said this, in the Treta age, I will become Ramchandar, and with my two sons, Love and Kush, I will come to this spot. With all my warriors as well, we will bathe here and we will spread this tradition, this ruler of Tirith's praise. On the west side of this pilgrimage site, we will hold a charitable feast with armies of the three worlds. And at that point, my son, Love, and understanding how much I love this Tirith, this pilgrimage site, will establish his city not too far from here. He will call it Lahore. And then, after many wild and wondrous feats, I will give great respect and honor to this Sarovar in the Dwapar age. In the clan of the Yadavas, I will take form of, as Krishna. And within the three worlds, my rule will spread. After completing all my feats and play, I will then merge into this Sarovar. And in the age of Kaljog, the dark age, I will take form as Sri Chand's father, Guru Nanak Devji. Guru Nanak will have such a presence, he will be my very form. I will take 20 four forms in total. My 24 forms will praise this Sarovar of Amrath. This house will obtain such great glory and within the three worlds it will be known as the jewel of Amrath, the divine name. After serving this Sarovar over ages and ages, all the devtas will remain here. Madhav heard this and he was so happy. The bowl of Amrath that he had was just akin to the lotus-like feet of the divine. And with that bowl, 
he established a firm meditation there, performing such endless meditation. After Madhavi set himself up, the divine then began to leave. Madhavi saw this and said, O oh, divine, when will you deliver me your darshan again? Victory, victory to the lotus-like feet, which grants liberation. The divine master of the three worlds then said, In the age of Galjig, I will take ten forms. At that point, I will come and deliver my darshan to you. So in saying that, the divine just vanished without a trace. Lakshmi was standing around, and she had to go back to her home in the heavens alone. So this story was told in Kanshi and Varnanas by Pai Gurdas, and everybody then there just bowed down again and again to Pai Gurdas. They were all saying, blessed, blessed are you, and were praising their own fortune. That we have heard from you this hidden story of Muni Madhavi. Victory, victory to your pure intellect and wise mind. Victory to the pure intellect and wise by Gurdas. Now we understand this and have faith. All of our doubts have been removed. In countless ways you described in the manner of the Vedas how Amrasasarovar was important. So they all bowed down and then went home. Such great praise was associated with Pai Gurdas now. Firstly, the king became a Sikh because of Pai Gurdas. Then Pai Gurdas became his guru. And many other people of Kanshi also became Sikhs. The whole city began to praise him, bowing down in front of him. In the city, you could hear the words of praise, guru, guru, from everybody's mouth. And they were bringing offerings to the guru's house, to him. The king in every way served Pai Gurdas and had Pai Gurdas recite Gurbani and explain the meanings to him. The greatest of great praise was associated with Pai Gurdas. And even then, he was in such pain when thinking about the guru. How so much time had passed without having that darshan, the divine sight of the Guru. He was being tormented by this, like a fish outside of water. Even while the most expensive items were arriving at his doorstep, just being separated from the Guru was causing him so much distress. Like how a Chatarak, a Jacobin, cuckoo bird, desires just one drop of rainwater and forsakes all the other water of the oceans and the rivers. Like how a wife is so pained by the separation of her husband. If they were to talk about anything peace-giving, any luxury, it would still be painful to them. Pai Gurdas's eyes remained wet. Tears streamed down his cheek. In his heart, he had no relief at all from the separation. It was like a miser, somebody who was cheap, who had lost all of his money. He kept his pain secret. He kept it hidden. He didn't tell anybody. And because of this pain, he was always remembering Guru Hargobind, thinking, Oh, true Guru, knower of all hearts, you always forgive your servants' mistakes. You are the nourisher of the meek, the compassionate one to the destitute. All the kings and servants in the world alike take your name like this. Please remember me and call me back to Amritsar. I cannot come by myself. I have nothing in my control. You yourself are the all-powerful. Do as you wish, O oh Master. You are the one to save the lost and save even the ones who were saved before. With this thought in mind, Pai Gurdas wrote poetry to these ideas, thinking about the Guru, he would recite them. Just like a calf has such a desire to meet with her mother, jumping all around but having a rope around its neck, it's unable to do so. It has no power to get to her mom. Or like somebody wants to go home but is under the control of somebody else and isn't able to go home. Or like how a woman with great desire and love to grasp her husband is unable to do so because of honor codes in the family. With the fam family around, she isn't able to hug her husband. 
In the same way, Pai Gurdas always desires the sanctuary of the Guru's lotus-like feet, but has gone crazy in foreign lands, not been able to reach Amritsar. Pai Gurdas also writes like a fish always desires water, a cuckoo bird always desires raindrops, a lotus always desires the sun, how a blue lotus or lily flower always blossoms viewing the moon. Water splashes them, but they always keep to their desire. They don't forego their love. In the same way, Pai Gurdas is saying, My love remains with you, O Guru Hargobin. Even though you have thrown me out, it's as if it's nourishing my love, only ever increasing it. So Pai Gurdas was writing poetry like this, reciting it over and over again while contemplating the Guru, thinking that because of my fault, I've arrived now in foreign lands. But I have this great desire for your lotus-like feet. Please be graceful upon me and deliver me to your divine sight. Forgive my mistakes and unite us. Bhai Gurdas would recite these requests in solitude, not in front of others, and his contemplation on the Guru would remain day and night. Guru Hargobin knew of all this, how Bhai Gurdas had now had all his arrogance cleaned away. He had become totally without any ego. And one day the Guru was seated in his divan court session, and he said to everybody there, Why did Pai Gurdas leave? He didn't return after horses were bought? Why did he go? Where did he go? We got no word of this. Did something bad happen? He spent his whole life in the Guru's house. He's like a brother of the Guru and is extremely wise and smart. Why did he go somewhere else without meeting me first? Why didn't he say anything to me if he wanted to leave? We didn't say anything to him to cause him to leave. If anybody knows where they are, if anybody has news of it, or why they left, where he's residing now, tell us. Vidichand, Jirtan, others, they all clasped their hands and said a supplication in front of the Guru, Guru Hargobind, you are the knower of all past, present, and future. You know all of this in your heart at all times. You know very well why he left, why he's not here, where he has made a house and where he's living. Guru Hargobind heard this and just stayed quiet. The next day, while the Guru was sitting in the divan, his heart was being pulled over and over again, thinking about Pai Gurdas, thinking how Pai Gurdas' love for the Guru was ever increasing more and more. Without sending anybody out to get Pai Gurdas, Guru Hargobind was just being tormented. The Guru is always naturally bound by love. He just couldn't sit there. He was being pulled by Pai Gurdas' love for him. He wanted to wait a few more days, but... The residence of all happiness, Guru Hargobind, he could not wait any longer and sent somebody quickly to go call Pai Gurdas. Guru Hargobind then prepped the messenger. And this is how chapter 4 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear how the messenger goes to Banadas to retrieve Pai Gurdas. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Oh,